I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent, I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts Four cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Imagine this. You know you have to do marketing, but you don't have any formal or informal training or experience on marketing. And you know you can't afford someone else to do it for you, and you probably can't hire someone full-time internally. What do you do? Hello, I'm Paul Higgins, and welcome to episode 498 of the Cloud Consultants Show. In this podcast, we're going to explore ways for you as a cloud consultant to thrive by avoiding common pitfalls and embracing best practices. Our guest today is Louis Guterman. He's a fractional CMO for B2B startups and growth stage companies, and he works across many industries and mentors at startups and also MIT. He's a frequent speaker on marketing, and since the publication of Bullseye Marketing, he also has a side hustle as a ghostwriter for businesses and marketing books. He's a fantastic guy, and you're going to love this interview with Louis Guterman. Great to have you here, Louis. Hey, Paul. I really enjoyed uh, looking at your 27 chapters in your your book, which we're going to talk a lot about. You know, I just kept thinking, you know, what he's covered that as well. He's covered that as well. And I know this is the second version, but uh, there's a lot to cover in uh, Bullseye Marketing. But uh, why don't we just kick off with, you know, who the book's for and what problems it really solves for them? Well, thanks for having me on, Paul. And the second edition, one of the key differences between the first and second is the second edition is just on B2B. And uh, the, the first edition was B2B and B2C. And it's a, a, a good example of one of the things that I recommend and started to practice myself better was to focus your market. And several years ago, I realized I wasn't doing that. I, you know, they say that in business, if you are everything to everyone, you're nothing to everyone. And so by focusing your market, you really become much more identifiable as the expert in that space. And I was mostly doing B2B marketing and it's what I know best. It's what I'm best at. And so I thought, well, you know, that's how I should identify myself. That's how I should market myself. And that's what the new edition of the book should be about. So for people like the cloud consultants listening to this podcast, um, this is really spot on for them. This is all about how to grow a B2B business. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is like an encyclopedia. This is what you do. You know, I, I was reading through it and just thought, yes, well, look, there's so much here that I try to help my clients with the cloud consultants. And, you know, you're listening to Louis here, probably thinking, you know, like marketing is not a topic that, let's be honest, a lot of cloud consultants love, you know, it's, they've either been burnt in the past, they have tried it themselves and it hasn't worked. And when I say burnt, they've been burnt by agencies. We've probably all gone down that path where we've, you know, someone's promised us that they're going to get us now high quality leads is going to flow in. You don't have to do much. And unfortunately that doesn't often work. 
And then the worst case scenario is where you just get so frustrated, you don't do anything, right? So you're probably sitting in uh, one or if not all of those buckets. And that's why I wanted to bring Louis on to help us with that. And, you know, like I said, there's 27 chapters, we've got you know, 30 minutes, so we can't cover them all. But uh, the one that I think, you know, I'd really like to dive into is referrals, right? So often people talk about the fact that the only way they get clients is through referrals, but often that is through their partner platform or it's done in an unsophisticated way. And I think in the book, you know, you bring more sophistication and more process to it. So just tell us a little bit about the background as to, you know, was referrals in the first edition? And if it's not, you know, why is it in the second and talk it through? It really wasn't in the first edition. It was one of the omissions that that had to be fixed in the second edition. And, and, and it was a big omission. And one of the things to understand, you've mentioned, you know, that there's 27 chapters in the book, but my bullseye marketing framework is divided into three phases. And referrals is part of the first phase. And so for people who have been burned by marketing in the past, the first phase is a set of eight or 10 tactics and programs that are very inexpensive to do and typically have good results in three months, you know, maybe six months, but they're not high risk and you shouldn't be spending a ton of money on them. And one of those center of the bullseye tactics is about taking advantage of marketing assets you already have at your company, but you're not using. It's kind of, I compare it to, you know, it's kind of like having money stuck in a shoebox under your bed yes, rather yes. than, you know, really using it well. And uh, selling more to current customers and getting referrals from current customers is one of those center of the bullseye tactics, which don't cost you anything, but can be highly profitable. So it's certainly much more profitable to sell to existing companies than to go out and try to attract new customers. And so if, if you can do that and follow up and have a more sustained customer success and farming kind of, or land and expand as it's sometimes called program, that can be you know a great way to generate more revenue. And then referrals, as you said, for a lot of cloud consultants, they're probably getting a lot of their business from referrals. And from partners, perhaps, you know, companies that they're um, reselling and implementing uh, the products of. But referrals are typically the highest converting types of leads. And in fact, some companies have a problem moving off of referrals because they don't convert as well. And they say, well, you know, those referrals are a lot easier to close. Say, yes, but in the long run, you will do better if you supplement referrals with other programs as well. And referrals, to me is a pretty straightforward, you know, simple undertaking, which is that you identify who your, your best customers are, the ones who are happiest with you, the ones who, you know, you understand are pretty satisfied with what you're doing. And you reach out to them and you say, we would love it if you would be a referral for us. And that can take one of a few different forms. The first is you can ask them, maybe you know that they know these people or these companies through LinkedIn or, or through conversations you've had with them or, or otherwise, maybe they're a partner for that company. And you ask them two or three specific people to introduce you to. So don't just generally say, you know, can you introduce me to anyone? But rather say, you know, I'm trying to reach out to, I would love to be connected to or work with, you know, one of these two or three people, you know, can you connect me to them and, and introduce me if you're comfortable doing that and make that, as you were saying, Paul, 
a regular part of your program. Another thing that you want to do is customers tend to be much more interested in the voice of the customer when they're considering vendors than in the voice of the vendor. Yes. They believe other customers more than they believe vendors. Don't know why that's true, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. So if you can do, say, a testimonial story from them, and it, you know, it shouldn't be all, you know, balloons and roses, you know, you should touch on, you know, what were some of the challenges along the way? What, what did you have to work through? Cause that makes it real. You know, people know that, that in business, everything isn't going to be simple and easy and perfect. And so knowing that you could work with a client and overcome, you know, challenges along the way that that can be really great too. Those can be video, which for a number of years earlier in my career, traveled all over the world, including to Australia, to Melbourne and Sydney for IBM shooting a customer testimonial videos that were like three minute stories about how these different companies were using IBM software and services. They can be text and they can be on your website. You can use them in a lot of different ways. So those are two of the ways, and from the interviews you do for those, you can get testimonial quotes also to put onto your website. And those make your website much more credible. Yeah, yeah. So those some... are all ways that, you know, those are all different ways that you could use referrals to help build your business. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, one of the key points that I was thinking as you went through that is just the consistency factor. I think we yeah. all talk referrals and, you know, referrals, say, from our SaaS partner, whether you're a Salesforce partner, HubSpot partner, Zoho, whatever partner you're from, you, you've got some consistency there around those leads, right? You're always working with the AEs to get those leads. But I think when it comes to your best clients, I think that often, you know, just gets put into the, we're going to do it one day bucket, right? It's not the too hard bucket. Like you said, it's not hard to do. It just gets into the, you know, not to do bucket. And what I highly recommend is that you actually create an SOP and then get your team to do it, right? So your team can actually act on behalf of you. So it becomes a cadence for them and it shouldn't be up to you as the owner to ask for those referrals. So I think that's a great suggestion and being very specific. Like when I first work with a client, I'll talk to them, well, who are your LinkedIn connections of your ideal client that you recommend you, you know, your niche or niche down, who is that? And then who are they already got connections of? And yes, be very specific. I think that's a great point. And now with LinkedIn, you know, you can see the mutual connections, which is great, but also if their LinkedIn is blue, i.e. their mutual connections is blue, you can actually go through their whole connection base, right? And it's incredible that you can go through and see people that are very much like your ideal client and then yes, ask. So I think that's fantastic advice. And as far as the video, like, you know, you talked about creating these, you know, three minute videos, where are some of the best places to put those videos? Like give us some examples of where, you know, we could use those videos in our marketing. Well, you know, certainly you can pepper them around your website. And so just as you can have testimonial quotes, you can have testimonial videos on your website, you know, people talking, and you might use those at certain points if it's relevant to closing uh, a particular account. So if you have a video on a particular topic that deals with a particular objection that maybe comes up, that video may be on your YouTube page, but you can send links to those as part of the sales process to uh, people to talk about those. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like often, you know, follow up, I'm just, you know, bouncing this up to the top of your inbox or whatever those sort of tacky scripts that are going out there or, or used, you know, I think using video is very relevant to them within that referral process is great. And the other one, which I really like, Louis, is on your LinkedIn profile, you've got the featured section of your LinkedIn profile. Why not have yeah. your story there? 
and also have one of your client testimonials there. So once again, if you found someone through LinkedIn, through that mutual connection, that can do some of the heavy lifting for you. One of the other things, Paul, is, you know, we all get these LinkedIn anonymous outreach emails, yes. you know, through, through LinkedIn. And, you know, to the point where I've, you know, changed my privacy settings, so I, I don't get them anymore. You know, they're anonymous, you know, they haven't even looked at your profile and so forth. When you have a one-to-one -one introduction, a referral from someone that you and the other person knows, you know, your orders of magnitude ahead of some random outreach that, you know, no one has ever uh, heard of you before. But at yeah. the same time, just, you know, uh, in the book, in Bullseye Marketing, I mention a research done by the Hinge Research Institute, which does a, an annual report on professional services firms, the marketing by professional services firms. And, you know, they make the point that they all get business from referrals, but the fastest growing ones go beyond that. You know, the fastest growing ones have the full robust marketing program and they grow, you know, considerably faster. In my own research on B2B companies, I found that for SaaS companies that have the most robust marketing programs grow five times faster than SaaS companies that have kind of single channel marketing programs or very little, you know, marketing. And so, you know, we're talking about a potential huge difference in how fast your company grows if you do marketing well. Totally agree. And I think that's the brilliant thing is, you know, you're starting off with referrals because there's low hanging fruit. You know, there's always like to go warm to cold, right? So you're already starting off with the warm introductions. And I know it sounds a little old school, but those things still work, right? You think when the last time someone said, hey, I think you should speak to this person, nine out of 10 times you do it. Like you said, they're, they're high converting it's going to happen. So I think it's a simple strategy, but it's not always easy to do. So go to that one first. And then, you know, like you said, then build your marketing off the back of that. And I think the other one just quickly on it is often, you know, we love to reciprocate, right? So if you refer someone, so if you go through a conversation and you know that you can help someone, if you refer someone that can often then make it a lot easier when they'll say, Hey, who could I refer you to? Right. So mm -hmm. if you move first, then that makes it easier for them to ask the same question, which is just, as you said, it's human nature. And a lot of marketing and the fundamentals of marketing hasn't changed, right? It's still human nature. So we've got referrals, right? So the next one is around, you know, building your brand. Like what else do I do once I've got referrals, right? As a cloud consultant, what's the plus one? What do you recommend that I go and do then, Louis? So what I talk about in the book is there's a famous marketing researcher consultant in Australia named Byron Sharp, and he's with the Ehrenberg Bass, I believe it's called Institute for Marketing Science. I may have those words in slightly the wrong order, but that's about it. So Byron Sharp wrote a great book about a dozen years ago called How Brands Grow. And one of the things he talks about in that book is the idea of mental availability. And mental availability is the idea that it's more than awareness. It's that the person will think of you at that point where they're ready to buy something in your category. So 95% of your market, Paul, isn't looking to buy from you today. Yes. You know, they don't need a new cloud consultant today. 
they've either think they don't want need one at all, or they have one that they're happy with and they're just not looking to change. And no matter what you say to them, they're not going to buy from you today. But by building mental availability, you are top of mind when they are ready for a new cloud consultant. And so what that has to do with is, let me give you an example. I had a, a marketing agency for a dozen years and I sold it about a dozen years ago. And then I became a VP of business development at a, a different agency. And, I, and we were selling to big companies. And I remember the very first call that I got as the VP of business development at this agency. And the guy uh, says, I've been following you for the last three years. I read your blog. I really like it. I've seen your CEO speak. I really agree with your approach. We're finally ready to do something. So um, let's talk about that. That's a perfect example of mental availability. Someone who the company had no direct contact in terms of one-to-one -one conversations during that whole time, but they were seeing the company's content and growing that mental availability so that we were top of mind when they were you know, ready for our services. And that's where you get the lift because so much of the business in any industry, in any B2B industry happens without most vendors knowing about the opportunity because the customer has one or two vendors that are top of mind. They reach out to those one or two, they get proposals, they make a decision and you never knew about it. And you want to be that one or two and so building your brand, building the awareness, but beyond that, building your mental availability is just a huge long-term benefit to your uh, company's growth. Yeah, great. And you're probably listening to Louis saying, I get it. That makes sense to me. I think, you know, everyone sort of knows roughly the quote of 3% of people are ready to buy at any one time. We've all sort of heard that kicking around. So how do we build that mental availability, Louis? What are some ways to do that? Well, one of the key ways is through what's called share a voice. You want to be active in your industry. You want to be holding events. You want to be sponsoring. You want to be um, writing materials and perhaps targeting them to your specific customers. So for example, let's say you have a blog post that you know really resonates with your customers and your potential customers. One of the things you can do on LinkedIn and, and on Facebook and, and some of the other platforms is that you can upload an, an email list and have a, a very targeted list of people that you're going to show ads to. And that might be 100 or 200 people. But the ad in this case is promoted content. So let's say you have a blog post that's really good. You post it to your website. You then post that to LinkedIn. And then you advertise it to make sure that the people in your company's private list, as it were, you know, have an opportunity to see it. And as people get to know you, you know, and you promote your videos that way and you promote your uh, events that way and other activity, you build the situation that we had with that customer at the company I worked for where, you know, two years later, they're like, yeah, you're the company I want to work. For. And what platforms are we doing these ads on? Social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you can do them on, on Google too. And those are platforms where you can upload those lists and target very well. Yeah, great. And, you know, just to remind everyone, we're listening to Louis Gadima. He's the author of Bullseye Marketing and it's Bullseye Marketing, the second edition. I recommend you get both of those. But, you know, if you want to know the detail behind all of this, because, you know, like I said, it's 27 chapters, Louis's got and gone to a lot of 
length to really put in the detail of the tactics there. But today we're just giving you two broad concepts of the book to help you with your B2B marketing and ultimately help you generate more revenue in your business. And there couldn't be a better time in 2023 when, you know, the easy revenue is a little harder to get at the moment. Let's, let's be honest. So just on the building and creating these, these assets, right? So some people say, oh, look, I'm just not a content writer or I just, you know, I'm, I'm too busy. What are some ways that you've seen to make it easier for people to create these assets in the first place? Yeah. And one of the things I'd say, Paul, is, you know, the book is 27 chapters, but there's an introduction and, a, and an overview, you know, chapter one. And then there's just a, a couple other chapters on the um, second phase of the approach and the third phase of the approach, chapter 13. And those three or four chapters will give you a good high level overview of this approach and how to go from, you know, the fast, inexpensive to the longer term ones but the longer term ones do tend to have also the, the greatest longer term benefit. And I explain why that is. Yeah. So creating the content. So, you know, you, yeah. you've given us the pipe, you know, what are some great ways to, to be able to create that content? What have you seen work best for B2B business owners in creating content? Yeah. The, you know, there are a lot of talented people out there. And so if you're not a writer yourself, or you just don't have time to do the writing, you certainly can hire freelance or contract writers, designers, video producers, you know, people to manage putting together podcasts or webinars or events. It's all available uh, in a way that it, like it's never been before. You don't have to build a huge staff to do this. You know, I, as a consultant, use a service called Upwork, which is a global community of creative contractors. And so for my book, which is self-published, the designer for the book is in Spain. The designer for the cover of the book is in Pakistan. So I don't have to have those people on staff, of course. And I just got a review from uh, Publishers Weekly, which in addition to you know, giving the book a, a, a very nice review, grades the writing, the editing, the cover, and the interior design, and gave all of them A's. And so you know, those designers, I got through Upwork. And so you know, there are other services as well. This is not a paid advertisement for Upwork, but there are other services as well. Or you've got local people in your market who can do the job, I'm sure, very well. So just like you wouldn't do everything in your company in the technical roles and in the customer service roles, you don't have to do everything in the marketing either. Yeah, spot on. And, and I think that's the key point. I think today's age, you have to be generating great content, but it doesn't have to be done by you. So it's a bit like the referral program that we talked about before. So you take the strategy from Louie and then you can get your team to go and implement it with an SOP. So that doesn't have to be you. The content's the same. And Louie, I don't know if you, you know, had a chance to talk much about chat GDP or uh, versions of you know AI generated content. Did that get into the book or was the book sort of released before that sort of really hit the main stage? It was just happening. And it, you know, in the first edition of the book, at the end of each chapter, I listed some of the, the top software programs for that particular chapter. And I took that out because now there's over 10,000 vendors who offer marketing software programs. So I couldn't possibly review and, and be you know truthful about that big of a data set. And most of them are good. If you look at you know the software review sites, most of them get pretty good reviews. And chat GPT and other AI programs are exploding on the scene now. 
And I knew, I, you know, that whatever I wrote about it would be out of date within three months. So I, I couldn't write about that in a book. My feeling is at, at this point, copy written by ChatGPT is basic. It's not at a high creative or skill level. And I actually saw one marketing agency that said they were working on a campaign for a client. So they asked ChatGPT for ideas. And those were the ideas that they would not use. Those were the obvious ideas. Yes. And those, those were the ideas that they said, we have to you know, do better than that. We, you know, we have to show our value by doing better than that, which is sort of like a college professor I, I was talking to who was saying that a lot of students in his class, ChatGPT could pass the test. And I said, well, then you need a different test. Yeah, you yeah, to totally. And I, and I think it's right. Like if you want to be the same as all the information out there, chat GDP will get you that, right? Because that's what it's drawing yeah. on. It's drawing on the information that's already out there. If you want something that is new and different and creative and has a point of difference, well, then that's got to be generated by you. But what I will say just quickly on chat GDP is like, I believe I know you, i.e. a cloud consultant fairly well. So I did my version of the cloud consultant ICP. So I created an avatar and, you know, I do that with all my clients and I'm sure you've got one yourself and it's mentioned in the book. Then I got ChatGDP to create one and it actually did have some points that I hadn't considered, but a lot of it was also there. So there, there is specific times when you should do it, but ultimately it is a tool that's to help you do all the research, right? So if you, uh, for example, you know, I want to write a sales playbook, give me an agenda for a sales playbook. It will give you the agenda or the outline, but then you've got to fill that bucket, right? You've got to fill the bucket yeah. with your content. So I think that's, that's the way to, to do it. But look, as I said, uh, Louis got a, a fantastic second edition of the book, Bullseye Marketing. And this second edition is for B2B businesses, and it really fits beautifully with professional selling. So I highly recommend you go and get that, and we'll have the links to it in the, the show. But now what we're going to do, Louis, is go through the rapid fire. I'm going to ask you four questions and get four rapid responses. Are you ready for that? As ready as I'm ever going to be. Right, great. So the first thing, what are some daily habits to help you scale your business? I would say it's being active on LinkedIn. Uh, I engage with people a lot on LinkedIn. And so I have a lot of awareness. People know of me as a professional, you know, with a, with a point of view. And the other would be writing. I know not all of your listeners are writers, but I am. Yeah, yeah, great. And where do you get knowledge on how to grow your business? You know, I, I always hate this answer when I get it, when I'm interviewing people and I ask, what industry events do you attend? What do you read? What blogs? What websites? And people say, oh, Twitter or LinkedIn or something like that. It is true. I'm fairly active, you know, on social media. So they are my news sources, but I do occasionally read great marketing books. One great marketing uh, podcast is the marketing book podcast, you know, and there's great uh, ideas that come out of there. So even though, you know, I just wrote my own marketing book, there's always something to learn. Yeah. Brilliant. And if we could grant you one wish for your business, what would that be? I guess just a smidgen more work. <laughs> not too much just um, just a little bit right. more. i'm going to become a digital nomad in september my wife and i are setting off on a, a one-year trip in an rv around the united states visiting a lot of national parks and things of that sort but i do plan you know to have a starlink a satellite internet connection i do plan to keep working with clients but not full-time yeah, and yeah. probably, uh, you know, just having the right balance of work and vacation and travel would be a, a good thing for the next year. 
Wonderful. And we've sort of covered this a little bit. What are some of the things that you wish you had have known in the first book that you now know in the second edition? Yeah, I think certainly the mental availability. So the framework, the bullseye marketing framework between the first and second editions has not really changed. But what I realized from reading Byron Sharp and Les Bennett and other people who I got steered to their research and their writings was that there was a whole underpinning of research that just confirmed the bullseye marketing framework. And so that made me feel good when I picked up the book nine months ago or so and said, should I put out a second edition? And I read it and I was like, I did okay, but I can deepen this and I can add the research and, and so forth that I didn't know last time and uh, kind of make this a little uh, more authoritative. Brilliant. Well, look, you know, this is your Bible to B2B marketing and you can get it. I'll uh, read out the website. So it's Louis Gadima. It's L-O-U-I-S and then it's G-U-D-E-M-A.com. So that link will be in the show notes and then that will take you to the Bullseye Marketing Second Edition book. But uh, Louis, fantastic having you on the podcast today and thanks for sharing your wisdom on a topic that, you know, often we struggle with, but let's be honest, we need to get our heads around because that's the only way we're really going to scale our cloud consulting businesses to get our marketing right. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. It's been a pleasure. That was a great interview with Louis, and I really loved how he talked about referrals and a different way of looking at referrals than you've probably heard before. So why don't you share what you learned from Louis on LinkedIn? He'll love that for you. Also, I want to share it with your peers they will get great value and they'll think you're a rock star for doing it. Check out our solo shows and why don't you take action to help you grow your cloud consulting business and live the life that you really want. Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. It is now time for action. Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.